Greetings in the name of Jesus. I guess it's my time. <laughs> the Lord help us. Let, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again, Lord, to be in your sanctuary today, Lord, and this is your Sabbath of rest, Lord. And Lord, we're so glad that we can have a part in it, Lord, and we set aside this for you, Lord, that we can rest with you today, Lord, and we'll just give you the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Uh, okay. Jason did a good job for my picture. That's what I request, so thank you, Jason, very much. The water, the spirit, and the blood. And even Mason's little uh, Sabbath, his little Sabbath school got on my message too. So Lisa, this, this has to be divine from God. And when I got inspired, I've never gave a sermon like this. Church, I've gave lots of sermons, but God has never gave me one like this. And when I got inspired with it, it was when Rodney Phillips was here. And i got to keep these glasses on. I said, Lord, i got to keep them on. Uh, when he was preaching on, give me water. And that sermon stayed with me all the rest of the Sabbath, Diva. And then when I went home, I usually when I go home, you know, from here, and uh, I go home and I'll fix me something to eat. And then I'm, I'm in my recliner watching 3ABN, you know, or reading my next Sabbath lesson, they're praying. And I usually take a, go to sleep, you know. And as I woke up, it was like the Lord, you know, was revealing me, you need to give a message about the water. And then he added the blood and the spirit. And all that rest of that Sabbath day, I thought of on it. And then Sunday, I said, well, Lord, if you'll help me, I'll do it, but I can do nothing without you. You'll have to help me. So the Lord has helped me, so we're going to get right on into our, uh, the message. And I want to read, and I feel led of the Spirit. Uh, well, oh, I didn't finish what I was saying. But in my Sunday, and I said, Lord, if you'll give me the message, if you'll give me a message and you'll help me, I'll do it for you. And then Sunday night, uh, I woke up at 1.30. And God began to give me message, Lisa. And I stayed up from 1.30. I didn't go back to bed. And I was down on my knees praying. And I said, God, you'll have to give me the scriptures. You'll have to give me. And as God would give me the scriptures that, that's in, that will be coming in a minute, I'd write them down. Then I'd go back to praying again. And said, but God, he just you know, revealed it to me so much that I needed to bring this message. And he'd give it to me. So all during from Sunday night at 1.30 till five o'clock I was praying and seeking the Lord so I'm fixing to present to you what the Lord gave me and I hope it blesses you and I so wanted Vera to be here but she couldn't so okay since it's about the water the blood and the spirit uh, I think we, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit a minute the Holy Spirit the third person of the triune God that the Holy Spirit is a power an influence a plain form, influence in plain form, that he is a person in the New Testament makes clear in detail. He dwells with us, teaches, brings to remembrance. We all know about that. He bears witness. He convicts of sin. He guides, he speaks, and he declares. He inspires the scriptures and speaks through them. He calls, he calls ministers, sends out workers. We were talking about that, weren't we? He forbids certain actions. He has the attributes of a personality and will, thought, knowledge, and words. Love, the Holy Spirit is love. The Holy Spirit can be treated as a person. He can even be lied to. Remember, Anas and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. Remember that story, don't we? And um, he can be blasphemed against. The Holy Spirit is God's equate with the Father and the Son. Jesus speaks of him as of his other, his other self. You know, he told the disciples, uh, unless I'll go away, the Comforter will not come. The Holy Spirit won't come. So when he went away, then he sent his, his Spirit, you know. And 
as Jesus speaks as him as of himself, whose presence, whose presence was with the disciples, will be of greater advantage than his own. To have the Spirit of God is to have Christ. God is an essential, God is essential in nature and sends his Holy Spirit to live and work in men. So we see the Holy, how the Holy Spirit works first. We were, our lesson was on that. We were talking about it. And we can do nothing, and I wouldn't even want to try to do anything without the Spirit of God leading me or directing me. And uh, so we're going to get right on into the lesson, and we're going to travel through the book of the Old Testament a little bit, and we're going to end up in the book of Revelations. And uh, so Genesis, our scripture read, Lisa, let a, Lisa read our scripture reading a while ago, and I'm going to read it again. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the, faces, the face of the waters. So hovering means close by. The presence is right there. So God is right there. And then the Lord brought to me uh, one of our Sabbath lessons that we uh, talked about here a while back. Jack brought out, and I kind of wondered about it, and I don't know if we, we ever all come to a conclusion of the answer, but, you know, in the old Bible, in the beginning, Noah and all of those prophets of God, how, how did they know there was a God and how did they feel God? So I think we might have found our answer. I don't know. You be the judge of this. Uh, God's, now, the earth was without farmer and void. This is before God began to farm and create and speak his word and bring everything into this, in existence. But it says he hovered. So, and as we get into the story, get, in, on, get on into, and now we're fixing to go to Noah. I'm fixing, we're fixing to go to the seventh chapter. But God's presence hovered and God's presence was there. And I think probably when we see when we get into the stories here, I feel like they could feel the presence of God, and, and they knew that He was there because they didn't have you know what we have today. Okay, let's go to Genesis seven right quick, and I'll try to get through it. And I want to get through it the way God wants me to get through it, and uh, you know bring it the way God, and, and maybe you know to help us. Okay, uh, Genesis seven one. I'm going to read Genesis seven. 1, 17, 18, and 23. Because we don't, I have to highlight these stories because we will not have time, you know. And I might have made it a little lengthy, I don't know. I tried not. Okay, Genesis 7, I'm going to read the first verse. And it's, of course, the story about Noah. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. And now we're going to go to 17. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The water increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. And we're going to read 18. The waters prevailed and, and greatly increased on the earth, and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. So here we find that God uh, kept the ark safe, they were in the ark of safety. They was in the ark that God, you know, he told Noah to build for, for him and his family. Well, it was built for the whole world there if they would have all listened to Noah, but they didn't listen to him. Okay, now let's skip to 23. Uh, he, so he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping things and birds of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him, were with him in the ark Remained alive. So here my point is, God used the water to preserve life. And it's all through the Bible. We had that. This is just, everything just fell. This is just fell in place for me today. Thank you, Jesus. And I hope you all just bear with me. Okay, let's run over to Genesis 24. And I'm at the love story. I, I was always fascinated about uh, Rebecca and Jacob. And uh, so let's just run over to Genesis 24, and I'm going to read 13 through 19 right quick. Let me just hurry along. I'll make comments just in between as the Lord, as the Holy Spirit leads me. 24. I went too far. Okay. 24, 13 through 19. 
and it's about a bride for Jacob. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she say, Drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant, Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before she had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah was born Rebecca was born to Bethuel, the son of Micaiah, the wife of Naor. Abraham's brother came out with her picture on, on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin no man had known her, and she went down to the well to fill her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him drink. So this tells us here, you know, God, they had to have a way of knowing what, you know, what is right, and, and he wanted to make sure that the servant did, that, uh, uh, that uh, Isaac uh, got the you know, right woman. So that's how it, God used water in that picture. Okay, now let's skip over to Exodus 12. Exodus 12, and we're going to, uh, 12, 12 through 13. See, we're staying on the water of the Spirit and the blood. Exodus 12. Okay, see my 12 is. Here it is. 12, 13, uh, Exodus 12 and 13. Ex Exodus 12, 12 and 13. Okay, I'll get it. For I will pass through the land of Egypt, and on that night, and, and we'll strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the, the land of Egypt. So... He, whenever he seen they seen the blood, you know, he said, "I'll pass over you." So we know the story there that God gave Moses to to, to kill a lamb, and it was to be a lamb that was without spot or blemish, and they were to take the blood and put it over their doorpost. So when he says, "When I see the blood, I will pass over you." Okay, now we're in Exodus 14, 21. We're going to read 21, 22, 23, and 28. And it's about the parting of the Red Sea. Exodus 21. Okay. I'm trying to keep my finger over here. Okay. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. Now we're reading 23. And the Egyptians, the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's, all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now we're skipping to 28. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh. And it came into came in, in the army in Pharaoh that came into the sea, and after them, not so much as one of them remained. So here God used water to uh, destroy the enemy. So, you know, he uses water to preserve life. He uses water to destroy the enemy. And we know without water there wouldn't be any life on planet Earth. Okay, now let's just go on into Exodus 17. I had quite a few in Exodus, but we'll get there. Exodus 17, 1 through 6. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Riodim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people, and why do you tempt the Lord? 
and the people thirst there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up to, out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock? So Moses cried out. See, Moses cried to the Lord. When we cry out to God, you know, if we really cry out in earnest of heart, God is going to hear us, and he's promised that he will hear our cries. Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders. And I like this part. You know, God has order in the church. And, you know, today we have those that we know that uh, that's living for God. And God can depend on us. It's just like we have a handful here, but God can depend on us. So anyway, he told him to go, out, go on before him and the elders of Israel and take in your hand the rod with which you struck the river and go. So... Behold, I stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of, of Israel. So we see here God used water again to sustain, sustain life. Okay, Exodus, this is the last one in Exodus. Exodus 30, we'll just skip right on over to 30. Okay, went too far. Okay. Exodus 30, and it's going to be 17 through 21. And this is about the bronze, the bronze lever that God had for the priest, you know, that they had to wash. So just let me read this. But like I said, I just had to highlight because God was giving me the, you know, and you can't do the whole story. Then uh, Exodus thirty seventeen through 21. Okay. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a lever of bronze, with, it, with its base also of bronze, for washing... You shall put it between the tabernacle of the meetings and the altar, and you shall put water in it. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in the water from it. When they go into the tabernacle of meetings or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire, the Lord, the, the, to the Lord, they shall wash with water and they shall wash with water lest they die and I said 21 so they okay they shall wash with their hands and their feet lest they die and it shall be a statue forever to them to whom and his descendants throughout the generation so here we see God is using water uh, and we're going to get into the baptism thing that why we need to be baptized okay that's the okay one more scripture in the in uh, uh, the Old Testament, and then we're going to be in the New for the rest of it. It's going to be Second Kings. Uh, Elisha always fascinated me, Elijah and Elisha both. But I always, this, this little story always fascinated me too. And it's Second Kings 1 through 6, the floating axe head. you remember the story of that? I was always fascinated by that. Okay, 1 through 6. And it was about the, the prophets, the God's prophets, that Elisha had, they were teaching the Word of God, teaching them how, you know, what they should do. And that, that's what I, I'm going to stop there in just a second. That's the amazing thing I like about the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You get taught. You get taught. You want to get taught. And God tells us, to, you know, we're to study to show ourselves approved. How are we going to know the Word of God if we don't read it and we don't study? Okay. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See, now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he, so he answered. So Elisha says, told him to go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servant. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one, this is one of the students, one of the prophets, as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, Master, for it was barred. 
So you can see if something don't belong to you and you borrow it, you know, when you borrow something, you want to take good care of it. If I, if I ever borrow anything, me and my husband hardly ever, he, he'd go buy stuff. He said, Mama, I'm not borrowing nothing. I'll just go buy it, you know. And uh, Vicki remembers the story how her daddy and, and my husband, uh, you know, would help each other with things. But, you know, you took real good care of it. So this is what the prophet was, he was concerned here. It didn't belong to him. Lisa, and he just kind of, he kind of panicked. But to show you how the man of God and how the Spirit of God will help us when we panic or cry out to him. So the man of God said, where did it fall? Elisha said, well, show me where it fall. Where did it, where did it fall? Where it fell into the water. And he showed him the place. So he cut a stick and threw it in there, and, and he made the arm float. Now, Elisha didn't make it float. God did, didn't he? But Elisha, on the directions of God, if we, if, we, if we let God direct us, then God is not going to direct us wrong. And therefore, then he, went, then he said, therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. Now we're fixing to go into the New Testament. We're going to be in Matthew. Uh, but, you know, I can see why, you know, he panicked. And sometimes that brought to my mind, sometimes things happening in our life will... We'll keep these glasses on. We'll kind of panic, you know. Before we really know, to, before we call out Vicky to the Lord, the first thing we should do when trouble comes is call out to the Lord right then. Don't panic. Don't get upset. Let the enemy get a hedge in there to cause us to get beside ourselves. We need to come right to the throne of God right then and ask God to help us. And that's what I'm trying to learn to do, y'all, is I don't want to get out of sorts if anything. <laughs> I just want to go right to the, right to the Lord. Right then is the time to go to God. Okay, then we're going to be in the New Testament. We're going to be Matthew 1, and we're going to be reading Matthew 1 through 21. And you probably already know this is the story of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. So let's just read here and just see how, how the Holy Spirit worked with this. Now the breath, birth of Jesus was as following. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, there's our angel, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid. See, Jesus tells us many times, like he did Gideon, don't be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Let's don't panic. Let's just trust the Lord. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So we see right there, the Holy Spirit was there. That was conceived, you know, Jesus was conceived. He was. He came down. He was going to be born as the uh, uh, flesh, you know, like we were. He, he traveled the same steps that we traveled, you know. And uh, right there in, in conception is where life begins. And where life begins, you know, there the water, God preserves. He takes that water at life conception. And God, right then, water is there to protect that little baby till it is born. And you know what? And uh, the Bible tells us that the blood is the life. So if we have life, you're going to have to have the blood flowing through it. So it, that's where, you know, the water is spirit in the blood, and that's where God began with, with uh, you know, the water for Jesus to preserve his life. Okay, now we're going to Matthew 3. We're going to be in Matthew, here for just one more, I think. Matthew 3. Matthew 3, 13 through 16. And... Uh, John the Baptist prepares the way. So, no, it's John Matthew 3, yeah, 13 through 16. We can't go into all the story, but I wanted to give this story so we can get a picture of baptism, 13 through 16, why we need to be baptized. John baptizes Jesus. Jesus doesn't baptize John. John baptizes Jesus, and we're going to find out what the reasoning was. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, need, I need to be baptized by you. He argued with Jesus, you need to be baptizing me. I don't need to be baptized you because you're the Christ. By you, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so. Now, 
This is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness in he allowed him. So so there we see that Jesus, uh, let me make it, okay, 16, did I, oh, I didn't get 16, okay. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And there we have, you know, the, well, the dove, the Spirit of God, the dove lighted upon him, gave witness that, he, and he said, and, he, and the Father said, in him is my beloved Son, in him I am well pleased. So there God used the Holy Spirit. He used it through a bird, didn't he? He used it through a dove. He used it through a donkey. See, God's Holy Spirit works in many, many, many ways. Okay, but let's just, this one minute here before we get off of this, I want to make a comment. Uh, Jesus wasn't baptized because he had sin in his life. He knew no sin. He was baptized because he was giving us an example. He was showing the example there that we needed to be baptized. Okay, let's just read what he, little Ellen White had said and probably two quotes of hers all through. But anyway, uh, our perfect example. Jesus not re, did not receive baptism as a confession of guilt or he, on his own account. He, he identified himself with sinners, taking these steps that we are to take and doing the work that we must do. His life of suffering and patience endured after his baptism was also an example. So he did it for an example of us, and uh, so that we're to be baptized. And remember, Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was baptized. So really, until... We come to the Lord and give our heart to the Lord. And then I, I, I've often wondered, I know the Church of Christ, because I, I had two or three brothers that were Church of Christ, and I'm trying to hold my place. <laughs> and uh, so I often wondered, first thing they will start in on you. I visited the Church of Christ years ago, and the first thing they started in on me, you need to be baptized. And I thought, why do I need to be baptized? You know, you just, you know. And, uh, but now I know. I, now I know. So, okay. Now let's go to First uh, John. No, John thirteen. Straight on over the last gospel there. John thirteen five through nine. Okay, thirteen five through nine. Lisa, you might have to bring me some water. <laughs> but uh, John thirteen. I've got a bottle on the back of my seat there already open. Uh, John thirteen five through nine. Okay, five through nine. Just sit it right there, and I'll get in a little bit. I, I want to finish this, and then I'll take a drink. Okay, now a certain man was there who had, oh, oh, got the, I got the wrong, John uh, 13. No, no, no wonder. I knew that didn't sound right. <laughs> okay, John 13, five through nine. Okay, and this is after Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. This is about at the Lord's Supper. Okay, 13, 5 through 9. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with his towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, Lord, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Okay. So we're going to find out a little later. And, you know, and then, then, then Peter said, Oh, no. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. In other words, Peter realized that, you know, he needed to be Obey Jesus, he needed to, and he said, Lord, just take my whole body. Just, just wash all of me, just, you know, just wash all of me. And that's what, I, I, you know, I think that's what the Lord would have, let's go right on to Acts now. I think that's what the Lord would have us to say. And, you know, uh, there's washing in the Word of God. And I'm going to make that comment while I'm getting to Acts 2, because I'm trying to hurry on. Uh, Acts 2, uh, there's washing, we can be washed through the Word of God. Sometimes I'll be studying the Word of God, and sometimes, Vicki, God will convict me of something that I had did that I had forgot. 
maybe a few days before or something that I needed to do that I didn't do. God's word, the evil will wash us. It'll wash you in it'll wash the inside. When he gets the inside washed, the outside's gonna show that it had a scrubbing. That's the way the word of God will do for us. Okay, let's go to Peter's sermon in Acts two. Okay, Acts two, thirty-six through thirty-nine. Okay. Therefore all, therefore let all the house I'm holding my finger something like that. Therefore let all the house of Israel surely know surely that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. Repent. Give your sins to the Lord. Repent. Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gifts, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, we have to get cleaned up before God's Spirit can come to dwell in us. We have to God God won't dwell in an unclean temple. Now, He He our mistakes while we're growing in the Lord and we make mistakes, yes. But that's where that we we read over there where the Holy the Holy Ghost will convict us. The Holy uh, we have a convictor of the Holy Spirit. When we first do something, God sometimes will convict me right then or when I'm fixing to do something I ain't supposed to, then he will convict us right off. For the promises to you and to your children and to all of them that are far off, as many as the Lord shall call. Now let's go back back let's run back over to Acts one. Let's just find out what this Holy Spirit is. Acts one eight. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God gives us that power, that boldness to be witness for him. I think we might have touched on it or here a while back, one of our Sabbath lessons, we kind of touched on uh, that it, it, it's hard to know what to do. You know, sometimes you don't. You don't know if you should speak or you shouldn't. But then that's when we wait on the Holy Spirit, too, the unction of the Holy Spirit. He has to guide us and lead us, you know. Okay. So now that, that, that is the power that he gave us. And over there, you know, he gave them. He said he gave them power over all of the enemy. Over uh, He had a power. and a, Jesus has all power and authority in earth. And he gives us that same power if we can let the Spirit of God lead us. Over all of the all, all of the enemy, even over sickness, you know, and you know, there's such things as divine healing that God gave them power over. So God wants us to have that power. So that's the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. He, God does not send us out powerless. He does not send us out with no power. Praise the Lord. Okay, now then, we're fixing to go into the garden, and uh, okay, it's uh, we're going to go into the prayer in the garden where Jesus prayed. And probably get a little emotional here ever since uh, Jason. Uh, and we're going to be in Luke 22. So let's just run back over to Luke. Let me get my place and I'll make the comment. Since Jason preached on, you know, the Lord, uh, his suffering, uh, I've, I haven't never got away from that message. It stays with me. And it, it, it helped me to understand that we need to know, we need to learn more about his sufferings, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit and what our Savior went through, and I think when we do that, we can come closer to him, because we can, we can kind of relate, we, we, we will never know in these bodies, we cannot know how much our Master suffered for us, but he did suffer, his, he gave his life, Luke twenty two thirty nine through 30, 46, okay. 22, 39, okay, let me see right here. Okay, it's prayer in the garden. Okay, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. That was his, seemed to be his favorite place to pray, as he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And that's why we, we need to pray, all of us. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. 
And here's our angel again. He angel was with Jesus in conception. The angel is with him here in the Garden of Gethsemane, or the Mount of Olives, to you know to help him to give him strengthening. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthened him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood, falling down to the ground. Let's see, I ain't got to 46 yet. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And let's see, now we're going to be back to Matthew. We want to run back over to Matthew right quick, Matthew 26. Uh, Jesus had already begun to die before he got to the cross. He already began to die for us. The agony he felt and the weight of the whole world was for the weight was for the whole world if, if you know if man would accept it. He said it's not his will that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance and give his life to him. And and that should be our desire today. We don't want any of our loved ones to perish. We don't want our friends. Lisa, we want everyone. And that's why we're working and trying to do all we know to do and be led of the Holy Spirit to do these little uh, activities that we're doing. Okay, Matthew 26, 36 and 37. Okay. And then we're going to read 40, 41, 42. Okay, 26. Let me just start at 36. I have to hold my hand here. Matthew... Uh, just a minute. Oh, Matthew 26. Okay, let me find my... Okay, 36. We're going to start at the 36th verse. The prayer in the garden. Because God gives... One of the Gospels will give something and the other will leave it out. But I thought, since Peter, uh, on the day of Pentecost, you know, Jesus... When it had Peter, you know, he gave that powerful message. I thought we would stick with this right here. Matthew twenty six thirty six. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful deeply and distressed. See, our Savior was sorrowful, and he was in distress. Then he's, oh, 37. I read 37. Okay, now let's see if we can skip to 40. Okay, see up here he took Peter with him, you remember, and the two, and the two sons of Zebedee. So he wanted, evidently he wanted Peter to be close, close by him. And he, oh, he needed someone, Lisa, that could be there with him. He, need, he, he needed someone. And have you ever went through a trial that you need someone? I've been there with uh, seven brothers, a mother and a daddy, and my husband. And you need someone. And then there's sometimes you don't need no one. And there's times you need to be by yourself. But we can understand maybe how Jesus felt. And the first part up there, the other part about the garden, they didn't pray with him. They all went to sleep. I can't go into all detail, but you know the story. And here, he has Peter. He needs needed someone. And there's sometimes they all fall on my face before. And I think about suffering. And I say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Then I caused you pain. But now that I've made it right, I want to love you more and work for you. And now I find my brother don't have long. And that's God undertakes and needs to give his heart to the Lord. But, you know, Jesus says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And up there about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, it dwells in us now. It didn't over in the Old Testament with Noah and all of them, but it dwells with us now. And brothers and sisters, he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. 
And there's times, uh, me and my husband would have been married 51 years in 2010, in July the 18th. And I live, I'm 73. So you see, I lived over half of my life with him. A part of you's gone. And I have to realize that. I know the first three months was my hardest time. I'm talking about the suffering here. I'm I'm staying on. Y'all just hang on. I'm getting through something here. Uh, I got my youngest son lives up about a half a mile from me. And I go up there for supper every night. He said, Mama, you have to come up. You don't need to be by yourself. And then when I go up there, you know, I could be with someone. And then I cry all the way back home. Didn't want to go in. Didn't want to open the house up. Because he wasn't there. So we can kind of see here Jesus. He had been with his disciples. It seemed like Peter was always there with something. You know, he's the one that got out of the boat. Sometimes people don't get out of the boat. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather make a mistake and sit and do nothing and not make a mistake. Because if I make a mistake, Jesus is going to pick me up and he's going to help me. But he wanted Peter to miss me there. And saints, he wants us to be there for him now. And how can we be there for him now? It's take our lesson this morning. Go out in the highways, the hedges, and the byways. And let them know that Jesus loves them. And that he died for him. It's just like the little lady this morning at the laundromat. I always had Roberta has to sit in the car and wait on me, but she knows it's, I'll be right back when I'm checking on stuff. And but that little lady, she had such a sweet smile on her face. And when I was checking to see if if we did picked up any more of our lessons, and that just thrilled my heart. Lisa, one more was picked up. There's been five out of ten. We got no, maybe there's six. Yeah, there was four left. So we've had six picked up. And anyway, you know, and like I said, and I turned to her and I said, uh, you know, and she was kind of seeing what I was doing. And I want y'all, Jason, and I want y'all, thank the Lord. They've left our stuff alone in the laundromat. Please, Jesus in heaven, don't let no one bother it. They've left it alone. I got it way up high on TV, and there's where it is. So she was watching me, and I said, well, I'm on my way to church. I said, uh, I go to the Paul's Valley Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I said, I'm checking on my lessons. And uh, I said, this is, this is the Sabbath of the Lord, and she agreed, you know. And anyway, as I went out, I turned and told her, you have a blessed day. So see, I'm hoping and praying she might have got her lesson. See, we don't know. It's like we're discussing a lesson. We never know. God is working behind the scenes. God is working when we can't see. But that's when he says, don't be discouraged. It's like, uh, uh, Phipps, <laughs> the one that sung the song. <laughs> I'll get his name wrong. Some want Rodney Phipps. Isn't it Rodney Phipps? Okay. No, no. Get, get it, Jason, for me. I can't, I'll get it wrong. Okay. Uh, you know, never be discouraged. And we don't have to fear. But anyway, okay, let me read 42. And I knew this was going to happen to me, but that's okay. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup can't pass away from me. He realized and knew that he, that, he, that he had to go to the cross for us, for you and me and the whole world. If it won't pass away from me unless, uh, pass away from me, Unless I drink it, I've got to take the sufferings. I've got to take the beatings. I've got to take all. Unless I drink a bit, your will be done. So say it, children of God. Jesus is coming soon. All you have to do is look at the news. All you have to do is the scriptures being fulfilled. And I'm going to be ready to meet him when he comes. Because I want to see my husband. And in the new earth, I hope I get to see my little Jack Russell. Praise the Lord. But anyway, okay, there's enough of that. Okay, then the Great Commission. We're just about, we don't like too much. And let's go, no, we're in Matthew. Just turn on over to 28. Matthew, I'm going to read 28 
16 through 20. And I prayed, and Jason, I had a hard time. I don't know how many papers I threw away, because over in the Old Testament, I put things that happened in order. But in the New Testament, with the scriptures, I said, Lord, you give me, I, I don't know, but I had to wrestle with it. But I hope I got it. I hope I got it. I hope the, me and the Lord got it. Okay, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. I need to quit talking and read. Okay, 28, 16. Just a minute and I'll find it. Oh, that's 27. Oh, here we are. 28, 16 through 20. Lisa, bring me a napkin, please, or, or tissue. I depend on Lisa to help me. 28, 16 through 20. And I told myself, Lord, this is because when I started getting my lesson, this was happening to me. I said, Lord, I don't want it to happen. But, you know, maybe God wants it to. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. Then they saw him. When they saw him, they worshipped with him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has given, me into he- has given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the ends of the age. So there's our great commission. We need to be baptized before we send out. That is God's, uh, you know. Okay, now John. Okay, let's get right on in John. John 3 and, th- 3, and 3 through 8. We, we, we're getting pretty close, y'all. I'm, I'm, and, and I promise you, if it's been a little lengthy, little lengthy but God, you know, you, you have to obey what God gives you. Okay, three three. John three three through eight. Okay, three three. Then Jesus said to him Then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. And this is talking about Nicodemus. This is about being born again. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the, his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water, we've got the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now let's just see what little Ellen Whitehead she had to say about this right here. We're just almost there. Okay. And it says, The, blessing, the blessings come when by faith, the soul surrenders itself to God. Then that power, which no human eye can see, creates a new being in the image of God. See, we don't know what God is doing in someone else's life, and we're not to judge to go there. Thank the Lord for that. Okay, let's run to First John. And Jason, unless you need to stop me, we're getting there. <laughs> let's go over to First John. It's almost to Revelations right there in front. Okay. First John five. Okay, here's first John five. And I got one through nine. Okay. Five, one through nine. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him who begets also loves him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love by this we know that we love the children of God. When when we love God and keep his commandments. For it for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, they're not, you know, grievous. In other words, God will help us keep the commandments. For whatever is who for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? We have to believe in the Son of God and overcome the world. This is he who comes by water and by blood. Here's our blood. Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. 
and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. So see, they all agree. Okay, now nine. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. Okay, now let's run to Hebrews right quick. We're just about to get there. Hebrews. Oh, going the wrong direction. <laughs> let's get Hebrews right quick. Okay, Hebrews 9.22. 9.22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. Okay, now let's run back over a little further and let's get to Ephesians. We had a scripture in Ephesians, I think, this morning, didn't we? Ephesians 1 through 7. Okay, just a minute. Ephesians 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1 through 7. Okay. 1 through 7. No, wait just a minute. That's just wrong. Ephesians 1. Oh, 1, 3, and 7. Okay, I knew that wasn't right. 1, 3 through 7. Redemption in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with and ever with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as, the sons, of, as sons of Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us, accept, made us accepted in the beloved. Okay, seven. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. And there it said, uh, now let's go John four fourteen. There it said it's the Father, it's Jesus' good pleasure. You know, he took pleasure. Even though he was being beaten, he still, he still took pleasure in saving us and redeeming us. Even though it was, it was painful. Okay, four, four fourteen. John four fourteen. Okay, four fourteen. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And this is talking about the little Samaritan woman. We all we know that. So spring up into uh, spring up into everlasting life. Okay. Now then, the last one. But before I, before I, I, I read the, let's run to Revelations twenty-two seventeen. But I want to make a comment before we, before I do that. If I don't, I won't. Revelations twenty-two seventeen. So you see, we come from Genesis to Revelation, and Revelation twenty-six second chapter is the last chapter in the Bible. So we've traveled, of course, there was a lot more, but, I, you know, we can't have that much time. Okay, the Spirit, Revelation 17. Oh, before I made that, let me get my scripture, and then I'll hold my finger there. I'm trying to do both. Okay, before I do that, I want to say, we have one Lord, we have one faith, we have one baptism, and one Spirit rules over all of it. Okay. Now, let me read Revelation 17, and then I've got to read what Ellen White said, and then we will be through. Okay. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So there you see we covered the water the Spirit, and the blood. And like I said, there's one Lord, there's one faith, and, you know, we just want to draw closer to God. And so, the Lord bless you. I guess I'll have a seat and have a drink of water. <laughs>